This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Hello and welcome to the Mad Splainers. I'm podcast producer and reporter Natalie Yar. And I'm Abby Becker. I'm the city and county government reporter for the Cap Times. And we're also sitting here with our fellow reporter, Nicholas Garten. Hey guys, I'm the Metro reporter here. Thanks for being here, Nick. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So this week we are going to be talking about alcohol, alcohol licensing, and a business called Canopy that really brought the mechanisms behind, you know, how a business gets an alcohol license into the spotlight. Nick, you've been covering this business and this business owner's application for an alcohol license from the city of Madison. Can you just tell us a little bit about this business? Yeah. I mean, when Austin first contacted me at the Cap Times to talk about news coverage for his plan, his plan at that time was to open up a cafe coffee shop that would serve coffee and things from Madison Sourdough during the day and then transition into a nightclub at 5.30 at night until basically all night to bar time 2.30. And so he needed to get an alcohol license in order to do that. And that brought us into what turned out to be a pretty entertaining and informative process. Yeah. And this business is slated for Willie Street? Yeah, at 924 Williamson Street. And it's in the same building that uh, two other nightclubs, Prism and Plan B, had been in. And the space definitely has a history with the neighborhood in terms of concerns over noise and all those kinds of things that come with having a nightclub nearby, you know, residents. And so there were a lot of eyes on this process. Yes. Prism and Plan B both had a lot of complaints and, you know, there were some sort of discrimination things happening there towards um, transgender people. And it was it was sort of a mess in the neighborhood and people did not want and do not want another nightclub there. And so how does Canopy end up in the spotlight? Yes. So for businesses who want to have an alcohol license in Madison, they're required to go before a group of people called the Alcohol License Review Committee. And this committee is made up of City of Madison alders as well as residents. And it's their job to hear a request for a license and then determine whether or not they feel the business owner should have a license to sell alcohol. So it was at one of these ALRC meetings that you know the owner of Canopy, Austin Carl, was engaging in a back and forth with the committee's vice chair, Michael Donnelly, about this business that he hopes to open. I mean, and to be clear, Austin is talking about a business that is simultaneously a coffee shop, also a nightclub that's open fairly late in the evenings where there's a lot of music and there's alcohol. So there's just a lot going on, and I think committee members – had a lot of questions because it was hard for them to determine what exactly, you know, this business is. Um, and so this led to this exchange between the committee member and Austin Carl, which was quite humorous, which led to it going pretty viral on Twitter. And then late night talk show host Jimmy Kimmel actually picked it up and played it on his show. I want to be somewhere where people can come and sit and relax, not party and get wild and cause complaints. I want to make sure I heard something right. You were saying it's a 
your vision is not a nightclub and this is not a place for people to get wild? Is that what you said? I'm sure if we check the records, it's probably the case. Is this your website? Mm Mm-hmm. It says get wild? Mm Mm-hmm. But this whole funny incident actually raises some much bigger questions and not just about whether this cafe, lounge, nightclub ends up getting its license or not. You know, what is this ALRC and how does it regulate alcohol in Madison? Why does this body get to decide who gets to sell alcohol? That's what you're about to find out in this episode of The Mad Splainers. All right. So walk me through this process. Who needs an alcohol license? So any business owner that wants to sell alcohol at their establishment needs to go before this committee and, you know, request an alcohol license. I think in Madison, we see a lot of businesses wanting to sell alcohol because, you know, it really does, um, you know, bring in more revenue, right? And, you know, especially when we're looking at establishments that sell food downtown, you tend to have much higher rents. And so being able to sell alcohol is very much an important thing in order to, um, you know, keep bringing in, in revenue in order to be able to pay your rent as a business. So I'd need one of these licenses if I was a restaurant or bar but also if I was a store? That's correct. Yeah, liquor stores have to have a license in order to be able to um, to sell alcohol. And there's various types of alcohol licenses. Um, you know, some pertain to selling beer and wine, some that also pertain to selling, you know, hard liquor. Um, but, you know, in any case, the businesses that want to have these would have to go through um, this ALRC process. So what exactly is the ALRC and who's on it? So it's a city committee and there are alders on the body as well as some resident members. All people that are on the committee are appointed by the mayor to serve on uh, the committee for, for their term. And what exactly does the ALRC do? Broadly, they approve licenses for alcohol, um, you know, but – some of the goals that are laid out, you know, for the committee by the city are, you know, to promote responsible alcohol selling practices, to enhance public safety, quality of life, um, you know, to apply, you know, various laws regarding alcohol and, um, you know, uphold city ordinances about them, uh, you know, but also to educate business owners and, you know, the public if they do attend these meetings, you know, about alcohol regulations and the process behind all of that. Do most cities have a body like this? Yes, they do. You know, regulating alcohol licenses, you know, is really a job of municipalities. Individual states can control the sale, distribution, and you know, importation of alcohol within the state. Um, but state law can also say that, okay, municipalities, you can control what goes on in your boundaries. And so this leads to many municipalities having some sort of alcohol regulatory body that uh, determines, you know, rules for, for for bars, for establishments that want to have a license and that kind of thing. So how does the ALRC decide who can have one of these licenses? Yeah, I mean, so the ALRC looks at the establishment's application, um, which includes the type of license they hope to have, information like capacity of the space, um, you know, things like that. It often includes a security plan. Um, you know, they also evaluate the location of the business, which is important um, when you're thinking about the density, right, in a certain area of how many establishments that can sell alcohol are, you know, right around each other. Um, One thing that the committee members, 
take into account is the business plan you know, of hopeful establishment. This is a, a key part of, I think, what allows the committee members to have the confidence to issue a license. Um, you know, I think this was something that really came up when we were looking at Canopy and how, you know, we've even talked about so far in this this episode about how I think we've have all been a little unclear about what exactly this business is. Nick, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So Canopy's business plan was to really operate as a nightclub primarily, which entailed having DJed music or live bands and entertainment and serve alcohol, obviously, you know, four days a week uh, was Austin's original plan. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I want to even say, was it was his intention to have 5.30 to 2.30 a.m., live dancing, music, and alcohol. But his business plan also included renovating the space in order to have whatever they could do upstairs, which he wasn't quite clear about, whether it was a yoga studio, a dojo, something like that. And then in the morning, starting at 9 a.m., he wanted to serve coffee. He wanted to partner with Madison Sourdough to have, you know, bagels and muffins and I heard frozen pizzas as well in order to have some food there. And so with all of those things comes sort of different designations. But the lease that he signed with former Wisconsin Senator Chuck Koala was such that Canopy could only be a nightclub. And Carl did not seem to understand that. And he didn't go through the processes that he needed to with the city Um, with city zoning administrator Matt Tucker, for example, to get the proper designations to be all of those things. And sort of how it came to a head was that every time Austin was, I don't want to say confronted, but challenged or asked to provide any sort of explanation about what his plans were, he would change the plan depending on who the person was he was speaking to. So if he was speaking to ALRC and they were, you know, in his mind sort of bringing heat to him, asking him hard questions, he'd be like, well, I'll do whatever you guys want me to do. And this was something that I saw in person happen on a couple of occasions, including on the phone with me, where I would ask him, so what about this or what about that? And he would immediately be like, well, if the community wants coffee, then we'll have coffee. But if they just want soda, then we'll only have soda. And that wasn't working as a business plan. And so there's something called the Marquette Neighborhood Association, which is, you know, a group of residents who live around Williamson Street and Winnebago Street. And they have a a committee, the Preservation and Economic Development Committee, that's part of their neighborhood association. And earlier this month or maybe at the end of last month, Carl went before that group to present a brand new plan, but it was the same old thing and he – I heard this meeting was rough. It was very rough, especially on Austin because he kept changing while standing there different things that he wanted to do. And finally, one resident just said to him, Austin, we don't care what it is that you want to do. We just need to know what it is so we can support it or not. And that, I think, is one of the key issues that is 
that is the problem with this situation, right? And so when you think about if you put yourself into the mindset of someone who is charged with deciding whether or not someone should have a license, if you don't know what kind of business it is, I mean, I don't think you can have the confidence to say, okay, now you can sell alcohol to people because you don't know like how you don't you just don't know how that's going to go. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. And does the same process happen if you already had an alcohol license and, like, needed it renewed? Yeah, so if you've already had one, you it does need to go through a renewal process. It happens once a year. There's a special meeting. It's the like annual liquor license separation meeting. And, you know, if there is a license or a license holder that has been sort of problematic in the eyes of the, you know, assistant city attorney or the committee, then those people will request that the applicant come before the ALRC again and answer questions. And then again, at that, you know, annual separation meeting, if the business in question doesn't kind of prove themselves, they could potentially lose their license. So I'm picturing for some businesses, not getting that license at the beginning or not getting it renewed if they already had it might be the difference between operating and not operating or opening and not opening. That seems like this committee has a lot of power. Are there critics about this process? Do Is it fair that they can have so much power in this decision? Yeah, I mean, those are all great questions, you know, and you know, when you're talking about the, a decision like this could make or break someone's plan, I, I you know I think that you know could be true, right? Um, I will say, you know, Michael Donnelly, the committee member who made it on Jimmy Kimmel, he really emphasized to me that holding an alcohol license is a privilege and not a right, and that you know individual applicants don't have you know kind of property rights to a license before they're issued it. So the committee isn't harming them by not issuing it. However, if you are planning on opening a business, you know, for your livelihood and and that d- business model depends on an alcohol license, then you're really in a tough place. And I will say I have witnessed many ALRC hearings and it can be kind of difficult. I mean, you're seeing the hopes and dreams of an applicant, right? And you know, in front of this committee and um and you want to root for that person. Like you want them to be able to have their business and see their dream come true. However, you know, you have to keep in mind, too, that the committee, part of their mission is to ensure the, the health, safety and wellness of the community and balance the, the business owners' needs and wants with the community and what they deem to be, you know, good, good for the community. I think post-canopy uh, debate, I did hear some criticism of, of like, well, who, who are these people? Like, why did these people get on the committee and why are they making that decision. I think that's a fair question to ask of sort of any city committee board or commission is like, well, how do these people, you know, get on this board? Again, just using Michael Donnelly as an example, you know, prior to him being on this committee, he attended many of these committees for several years and he wrote about them for um, an organization called Dane 101, which was this nonprofit online publication that has since gone away. So it's not active anymore. But he had a lot of experience just um, witnessing the proceedings and how they worked and sort of what went into a committee member making a decision about an alcohol license. So for him, I mean, that was, uh, you know, kind of that experience, I think, led him to being on this committee. But I, I'm curious, Nick, like if you heard anything about criticisms of the ALRC or or the process. 
Well, Austin was critical of the process because he felt like he did not know all the ins and outs of everything he was going to have to go through in order to get this license. And what he said to ALRC was the same that he said at the Marquette meeting, which is that if he had known from the beginning that it was going to be this hard, he never would have done it. And where does he stand now? Um, is Canopy getting a license? ALRC voted to deny him a license, and now he will go before city council in March, and they will have the final vote. But I'll defer to Abby about whether or not they can overturn the decision that ALRC made, as surprising as that would be. Yeah, so the ALRC's decision at the January 19th meeting um, was Technically, their uh, their decisions are a recommendation to the city council. So formally, they've recommended that the city council not give Austin Carl a license. And so you're absolutely right. The city council will have the final say on this at a March meeting. It's pretty unlikely that the city council would do something different than the ALRC's recommendation. I mean, it's always a possibility. But I think in this case, it would be unlikely. And has Austin told you what he plans to do, assuming he doesn't get the license? Well, there have been several iterations from Austin about what he would do if he didn't get the license, which is what part of what sparked controversy in the Marquette neighborhood was that he was saying, if I don't get a liquor license, then we'll just go to being an 18 plus lounge with music and DJs and we'll serve soda, I guess. And the alder, Marsha Rummel, as well as other residents were like, no way. The 18-year-olds are just going to drink on the way to the bar or nightclub or whatever you want to call it. And they'll be drunk in there. They'll be drunk in the neighborhood. And this is not something that that residents want. But at the end of the ALRC meeting, Alder Sherry Carter, as well as Marsha Rummel, told Austin that they hope that he keeps pursuing his dreams And Sherry Carter had made that kind of a broader point for all the people who came before ALRC. And that's sort of where we left it. Yeah. And before this, I just kind of had no idea that the alcohol review committee had so much to do with making people's dreams come true. And that's local government for you. Thanks for listening to the Mad Splainers. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you do your listening. Also check out our other podcasts, including The Corner Table, all about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, and Wedge Issues, all about state politics. That's all we've got. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Bye. 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 This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.